Hello and welcome to an exclusive Hearthsport podcast with Ireland rugby legend Brian O'Driscoll. I caught up with Brian ahead of Ireland's penultimate Six Nations match against England for Guinness's Never Settle campaign. In this podcast, we chat about all things women's rugby, the importance of visibility and media coverage for women's sport, as well as male allies. Let's get into it. Morning, Brian. Thank you for joining me today. We're here with Guinness for the Never Settle campaign. Guinness are calling on fans to make Musgrave Park a sellout. Can you tell us more about that and your involvement? Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky to have been a Guinness ambassador for a number of years now and obviously activation through their sponsorship of the men's and women's uh, uh, teams and obviously, you know, the where women's uh, rugby is, has been over the course of the last 10 years, I think it's been well documented that it needs, um, it needs a helping hand on a number of different levels. And I think having corporates come in and push the women's game as much as the men's game is is likely important to the continued growth and, and kind of prosperity of, of grassroots and, and interest levels. So the concept is just to, to try and set out the game uh, this weekend. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes, I think it's sometimes easy to support teams when they're going well. I think when teams are on the back foot a little bit, and you're in those teams, it's it feels like it's even more important to be supported. And so, I you know we don't want to be considered a, a fair weather um, you know, nation of supporters. We want to make sure that you're with your team through thick and thin, good times and bad. And there will always be peaks and troughs over the course of um, your 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 career as a, as a fan or as a supporter. So you got to ride out the more challenging times as much as you got to enjoy the good times. So. That's why there's a big call for um, for people to come down and try and sell out the stadium down in, in Cork this weekend. It you know, will be very, very difficult opposition um, in, in England, obviously, um, knowing you know, what, um, you know, what they've done in recent times, getting to the World Cup final, probably you know, very unlucky not to win it. So um, I think it's, it's massive to, um, to the team from a support point of view to be to look up to the to the stand and see them full and just gives them an extra pep in the step that will most likely be needed against very very top quality opposition i'm interested to know as someone who's played in front of huge home crowds obviously and and packed out stadiums across the world as a player how much of an impact does that have on you uh, oh it's an, it's enormous honestly it's it's huge it really is i think I, you know when you you feed the feed off the energy of your teammates, but you feed off the energy of the crowd, no doubt. And when you make a good play or make a big hit or a big carry, you can feel that energy from the stands coming down onto the pitch, and it and it just gives you that extra pep in your step. It gives you reassured confidence. It, it backs up what your gut feeling is, and it it it, um, it, it kind of en- enhances this, and so. Um, I think it is massively important for any team. That's why you see teams having you know more success at home than they do away, because it's your home support, it's familiarity, it's a comfort, and and it's an energy that you one hundred percent feed off. So, um, yeah, as a player to look up and and see you know people cheering for them, and there's a responsibility on you then as a player to make sure that in the early moments of every game that you give your home support something to cheer about that you don't that it doesn't take you half an hour to get into the game at which point yeah the wind has been taken out of their sails you've got to 
you've got to find something in the first five or six minutes to give them a reason to get vocal, to get loud, to get behind you. So, um, but first of all, you know, to, to have that support there is in the very first place is massively important for you to then bring the energy to them. Looking at the Six Nations for Ireland, it's obviously been a tough campaign. What's been your assessment of things so far? Yeah, it has been. It's it, like it's the, this is a massively transitional period. It really is. You know, it's our first professional contracts. You know, a lot of new personnel coming through. Obviously, there's been a huge focus given across to the sevens, and and a number of those players are are kind of being restricted to to playing only sevens. And and you would argue that you know there are some of our best players that have 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 been. Um, yeah, limited to 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 the seven aside version. So with that comes opportunity for others to come in and and stake a claim. And I remember going back to '99 when I became pro for the first time. The game was only gone professional four years, and we were totally learning on the hoof. Um, because you come from an from an amateur era or an amateur ethos, and then all of a sudden you're a paid professional, and sometimes you don't really understand immediately what all the expectation is what the what it takes to be a good pro so they the, these girls at the moment and, and women are in are in that learning curve and what they're doing at the moment even through difficult times is they're building foundations for years to come and and even though it, you know the results have been you know difficult to take thus far I think with every time that you go out and play against better opposition, you intend to improve yourself because when you go away and you analyze that, you realize where your shortcomings are and you go and work on that. And so all of that builds a depth of knowledge and an awareness as to where you need to get better to, to stay with, um, you know, with the top teams. Look, I'm sure during your career, it wasn't always plain sailing. I'm sure you've had some tough times during those difficult moments as a player when the confidence is low and you know you're seeing things in the newspaper or social media how do you deal with the negativity and how do you i suppose stay focused on the job and the task ahead yeah i think you have to cocoon yourself you thankfully when you are in camp you tend to be um somewhat isolated from the noise going on outside and there's a time i think you have to understand when to read the press when not when to be checking social media. And I think you you lean on family and friends in a big way in those more challenging times. Of course, over the course of my career, I had plenty of those dips in personal form and team form and disappointment and you know, being considered an also-ran team. So I, I think you have to use all of that to fuel your fire as well and just improve you know, game on game and, and week on week, month on month, year on year. I think, you know, th this isn't going to be a very quick fix. In fairness to Greg, when he came in last year, he said exactly that this is going to be a process. And that's not just a coach saying it to, to give themselves a bit of wiggle room for, you know, however long their contract might be. It's genuine that it takes time to embed, you know, principles, strategy, policies, how you want things done. Um, and then you've got, on top of that, you've got a layer of new personnel coming in to, to try and understand all of that. So it's it's going to be a four or five year process. And I think right now they're in a position and obviously the games in the next couple of weeks are very important from a, 
uh, XV15 um, or X15 as, as, it, as it is, um, the women's league and, and what tier they find themselves in because obviously that has a knock-on effect to the next couple of years. And so you want to get as high a seeding as you possibly can within the Six Nations to guarantee it yourself, at least in the tier two uh, you know, space. From a foundation's perspective that you're talking about in terms of the structures, the patterns of play, what have you seen from a positive perspective? I think there's, do you know what there is? There's, there's great, great teamship. I think they look like a really tight group. I was lucky to present the jerseys to them last year before the, the Welsh game. Um, and I think they are enjoying it. I think they, they, they've come away from an environment where it wasn't enjoyable, where they felt very short changed and not saying everything is perfect, far from it, you know, but it does feel as though that the unity and you know the culture within the environment is vastly improved and they're the 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 bedrocks of of the success of any side any corporation any business is about ultimately the culture that you build and then you layer everything else on top of that if you've got poor culture to start with well you're 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 fighting against it immediately so i think there's aspects of their game you know when you when you look at you know, things like set piece is going to be massively important to improve. You know, the line out malfunctions a bit, the scrum obviously are giving away an awful lot of weight against some of these bigger opposition, particularly Wales. You know, you saw it was a bit of an Achilles heel. England are going to have a huge scrum and maul. Um, and and then just defensively, you've, you've got to prob- properly, you know, fix those components. If you're, if you're missing... I don't know, whatever it might be. I don't, I don't know the exact stats, but if you're missing anywhere around 20% of your tackles or north of that, you're going to find it very difficult to stay in game. So what you've got to start and and, and build immediately is good set piece and, and good defense. And then you can put all the other components on top of that, you know, be it phase play, multi-phase, you know, launch plays. But first and foremost, you got to get back to the basics of, of having a really good set piece, winning possession, guaranteeing that, and um, not giving away penalties, territory, and 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 possession on on you know on scrum, and then defensively getting your systems in place. So it's a work in progress, but there's been real you know real green shoots because of um, the positivity that has continued to come out of the environment, albeit as well when when some of their you know um, more kind of the big X Factor players um, of the last few years have gone away and, and, and kind of put themselves into the sevens fold. I wanted to get your opinion on Aoife Dalton. She's someone who I spoke to Tanya Rosser about, Leinster coach, very excited about her future. A lot of the Irish players as well name-checked Aoife as someone to look out for ahead of the Six, Six Nations tournament. Um, for someone who obviously didn't do too badly in that 13 jersey, I suppose what makes a good outside centre and what do you make of her so far? I think, you know, there's loads of versions to being an outside centre. I don't think it, you know, it's one size fits all. You look at, you know, you look at the different outside centres in both the men's and the women's game in the last 15, 20, 30 years. They're, they come in different shapes and sizes and um, I would have been one of the, you know, the smaller ones probably, you know, trying to be elusive was my game but then you've got big power players as well um, at 13 you look at uh, at Wales at the moment you run um, Mason's like an absolute Mason O'Grady is a monster at 6 foot 4 playing at 13 so it's it can be done a multitude of different ways and I think 
what what I did over the course of my career was when I saw a particular trait uh, um, with somebody that I thought was very effective, I would try and incorporate that into my game. So I think when you're learning, you're starting out and you're beginning, I think you have your own skill set that you want to focus on. But then over the course of time, with the more comfortable you get, you start pulling in different attributes. Do you think that was very difficult to defend against? What do I do to bring that in to, to make that part of my own style? Um, and then, you know, it comes with building partnerships as well in, you know, be it with your 10 and with your center and, and, and connecting with wings and fullbacks as well. So all of these things take time and, um, and listen, she, you know, she looks like a, a real talent. So it's, uh, yeah, I think patience is key as well is not getting frustrated and particularly when things aren't going brilliantly for you as a team, it's sometimes hard to excel as an individual. But um, yeah, one of the one of the kind of standout performers today. A topic I wanted to talk to you about was the rise of women's sport and what you made of it, basically. But I suppose I'll set the scene first. Did you know that in 2022, three of the top five most attended football or soccer matches globally, men's or women's, were women's football matches. Next week, England and France in the rugby have already sold out over 50,000 seats, which is set to be um, a new world record. Um, the Katie Taylor fight that's going to be happening in the three arena sold out within two or three minutes. So women's sports is absolutely on the rise. We're seeing records being broken, um, viewership records being broken. It the, the momentum is crazy. I suppose from your side, what do you make of that? What opportunity do you see and how exciting is it? Yeah, I think it is very exciting. And I think if you look in in certainly in the in the case of of England and France and and Katie, you know, it's it's not cart before the horse. You know, it's it's horse first. And and what that what I mean by that is it's the, the quality of, of the performance and the build building of momentum to get to that point. You can't expect that overnight. You know, people um, people do want to support people that are successful, that are you know that are delivering performance consistently, and I think in those cases that's what's that's what's happening. That's what people latch onto. So I think the the expectation you know can't be that certainly with this Irish women's team at the at the moment that we're going to within you know a couple of months sell out the Aviva. I think you've got to look at performance building that, and as a result. The knock-on effect to that is greater attendance, more um, more media coverage, uh, more interest uh, levels, and um, you know more superstars being put on um, on a on a on the on a podium. So, but it is hugely inspiring um, that we do see the quality, and and there's there's certainly an an equality around um, participation, interest levels in women's sports at a, at a very high level now. Um, and it's funny it's 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 if you look at kids now like my kids don't think about you know uh, men's and women's sport they'll what's on they'll just watch it you know it's it, it something happens over the course of time that's largely because of the coverage piece and the and the momentum generated from you know reading about it hearing about it watching it being on our screens so and um, the more access there is to it the more this is going to be going to become the norm so i was i was lucky enough to be at the women's world cup final down in new zealand in uh was it november no yeah it was november was it october or november 
anyway, and I saw France in the in the third, fourth place playoff against Canada as well. That just just before the game, like the this it's proper, you know, high high end rugby. You know, offloading, very intricate, very skilled. Detail is significant, and I think that is what we as a nation you know should aspire to getting to it will it will take time but these english women have been professional for a number of years and you can see it in their performances and um and their cohesion so um yeah it's, rome wasn't built in the day it's going to be slow and it's going to take a, a little time to build but you know we should be excited about where the potential lies i suppose building off that i wanted to talk to you about male allies at her sport, we always say that it can't always be women pushing for equity and equality in, in sport. We need more men to speak out. We need more male allies. And we need more men in prominent positions to use their platforms for good. Um, over the last few years, we've seen the likes of yourself, Paul O'Connell, Shane Lowry in Ireland um, speak out. And outside of Ireland, Andy Murray, Tom Brady, all of you have used your platform to show support for women's sport and advocate for women's sport. I suppose the question I have for you is why are you using your platform for this? And, you know, why are you so passionate about it? Why are you speaking out against this, 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 um, can you tell us more? Um, listen, I've got, I'm, you know, I've, I've got, not just having women in my family, I have two sisters that were interested in sport without being super competitive and growing up, I never kind of maybe I never thought about an inequality around it un until you hear about it and until you hear about pressure preferential treatment for boys over girls and and I know sometimes you know people will go forward the fact oh it's only because you have a daughter do you do you have, does this have an effect but sometimes you need a trigger like that to allow you to allow you to see you know the inadequacies or the or how you know there's a there's a, a lack of of equality between boys and girls and there's preferential treatment one way or the other and and for me there's been a, an element of of a catalyst to that of wanting the same for my daughter as much as for my for my sons um and i suppose as a as a man growing up and as even a boy in school you you know even if there is if there's preferential treatment for you you're not going to push that away you know you're going to you enjoy it and sometimes you're blinded to that you don't you don't know about the alternative so it's only sometimes when it comes to light do you really have an appreciation for you know how much of an uphill battle it is for women's sport to actually achieve and deliver and and perform at a high level so it's it, i think the world has turned massively in, you know in the last five six seven years on lots of levels and i think we're way more aware of the need for forcing uh, you know not forcing but pushing equality um um to, because it's the right thing to do because why should one sex over the other have do, you know dominate headlines why you know it, it is about access hugely about access and about oh people you know women aren't as interested in sport as as men that's nonsense it's just not as much access to it as and um, we haven't given them the opportunity to grow and become sport lovers, maybe to the same degree. So I think that's why it's massively important to promote on 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 both sides, men's and women's. And um, even if the product isn't exactly as you want it to be right now, you know, I think that was the case with me with with men's rugby 20, 25 years ago, too. You know, we were in the doldrums in, in, in the 90s. So but yeah, they were still supported. 
So, you know, I think it's time that, that you know, men, women, old, young, um, support the, the team through good times and bad. From my perspective, I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think from a culture perspective, from a society perspective, sport has always been built to cater towards men. If you go look at the news, if you look at the media coverage, if you go into a pub and see what's on TV, if you look at the way we use language in sport, even marketing, everything is fundamentally targeted towards men, which is crazy when you think and you look at the stats of... I suppose consumer spend, if you're looking at it from an advertising perspective, 80% of consumer spend in 2022 came from women. Yes, basically all advertising in sport goes towards men, which is bizarre. So um, no, I completely agree. I think what's really important as well is women in C-suite roles you know, pushing and, you know, pushing into women's sports uh, from a from an equal level point of view. And... Um, and I think that will help. And I think we've seen more women in C-suite at C-suite level in recent times. And so when you do get that, I think there'll be an, a, nat- a natural inclination to to, to strike a, a gender balance in the promotion of corporates, which is which is all important. And, you know, shock horror where male dominated, you know, C-suite level male sports, you know, dominated the, from the corporate spend. That's just the way of the world so we need to flip that on its head now that more women are in at c-suite level finally my last question i know i've taken up a bit of your time um england this weekend at musgrave park england have put 50 plus points against everyone they've played so far it's obviously going to be a tough game what would be a positive and what can we expect listen i i i think sometimes you know the expectation of of beating england world cup and finalists and and hotly favoured going into the World Cup, having been on whatever a seventeen or eighteen game winning streak, you know, is probably it's it's probably a bit beyond us. I think about a performance, an improved performance on the last time. That's you know that's what the expectation is that you give everything that you have, that you are a little bit more organised, that you get your detail a little bit more spot on, and. And you and you solved the problems that were an issue last time out. So if you can, you know, significantly reduce the missed tackles, if you can get a little bit more accuracy at set piece, I think that will be a positive knock-on effect. The expectation to win, I don't think many will will have it, if anyone. So, um, but as players, it's not a case of keeping the scoreline down. It's about thinking about themselves and what they can do to put out their best performance, put their best foot forward. And, you know, as it, deal with the chips as they fall after that. But, you know, just leave nothing behind and and um, and continue to build on those foundations that we were talking about earlier on. Super. Thanks very much for your time. Nice one. Good to chat.